You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. Great to be with you today. We've got an amazing subject here uh, entitled, as you see, The Oneness of God According to Isaiah. We're going we're gonna to talk about what Isaiah wrote about God and his oneness. Was Isaiah Jewish? Yeah, he was Jewish. Uh, did Isaiah believe in the one God? Yes, Isaiah believed in the one God, just like true Jewish people today. And I don't mean those that are have a, a mixture of some type of Christianity, but I'm talking about true Jewish people today believe in Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. They do not refer to God as persons, plural, but they believe that God, God is one in number. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I will make maybe a couple, few other references verbally. Probably won't read anything else. But um, for the main part, we're going to be reading in Isaiah chapter 9. And, you know, if you've been studying a long time, you've probably taken a look at these passages. Pretty powerful pretty awesome stuff. I'm going to break some stuff down for you. I want you to see really what Isaiah taught is what we should believe. Because again, Isaiah, he was a prophet of God. He wasn't some, you know, he wasn't a false prophet. (laughs) He knew what he believed and God's ministers know what they believe today. All right. Isaiah 9 and Verse 6, we're going to start there. We're going to go to several other chapters and read there as well. Powerful verse here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So, yes, Isaiah, like every writer... Uh, of the Bible, you know, he was a writer, he was the penman, he was the scribe, more or less. He's not the author of the book. Isaiah is not really the author. God is the author, but Isaiah was the penman. He was the scribe. He was the taking, uh, can I say, taking minutes for God in a sense. He was taking notes for God. God is the spokesman. All right. Uh, for lack of maybe a better term. So, unto us a child is born. Who's that talking about? Well, we know that's talking about Jesus. Matthew 1, Matthew chapter 1, talks about Jesus' birth. Verse 21 says his name shall be called Jesus. Then verse 23 says his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is 
God with us. Okay, making a reference there, like I said, I would make a few. But that needs to be done, and I can do a whole lot more. But again, we're going to try to focus just here. Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Given for what? Given to die upon the cross. Given to die for our sins. Die in our place, in our stead. All right? And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, his name, not his names, plural, but his, singular, name, singular. Not their names, but his name, singular, singular. His name shall be called. Now, the passage here doesn't reveal his name. <clears throat> it doesn't reveal this, the child's name, doesn't reveal the son's name. Matter of fact, Nowhere in the Old Testament does it reference the name of Jesus, all right? We only have the name of Jesus in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when a name was given, it was given as Jehovah, all right? For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called his name, his name. Did you know the name Jesus identifies him? All right. Let me, let me go back to that. And the government, all right, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let me ask you something right here, right now. The child, the son that is referring to, his name shall be called. All right. If you are probably any kind of a Christian believer, you believe that this is in reference to Jesus. All right, I would say most Christian believers, uh, you know, I mean, all Christian type faiths is what I mean. Probably most all would agree that this is in reference to Jesus. But let me ask you a question. Is Jesus wonderful? Have you ever told Jesus that he was wonderful? <laughs> sure you have. I, I mean, I hope, right? He is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Has he ever been a counselor to you? He's been a counselor to me personally. He has counseled me in so many ways, out of my dilemmas, out of my problems, out of my situations. He has counseled me. He's given me advice. He's told me what to do and what not to do through his word and other means as well. Uh, his name shall be called the Mighty God. Hmm. His name shall be called wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called the Mighty God. Now, the name Jesus is not referenced here, like I said, but we know his name is Jesus. This child's name is Jesus. The son that was given, his name is Jesus. Though it doesn't tell us his name here, okay, if, you know, if Jesus was, was here to sign a check, okay, that that's not going to happen. He, he, you know, that's I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. But if Jesus was here to sign a check, he wouldn't sign it, the mighty God or the everlasting father. He would sign it Jesus because Jesus is his name. So Jesus, the name Jesus shall be called wonderful. The name Jesus shall be called counselor. Oh, yes. The name Jesus. Watch it now. Watch it. Hang on to your britches. His name shall be called the mighty God. Why? Because Jesus is the mighty God. When you think about Jesus, you should be thinking about the mighty God. Because when you think Jesus, you think wonderful. When you think Jesus, you think counselor. Then why would we stop there and not 
consider him as being the mighty God. Not just a God, not a one-third of God, not a part of God, not a portion of God, not a just a person of God, but he is the, what kind of God is he? A weak God? No, he's the mighty God. How many mighty gods do we have? Do we have two mighty gods? Do we have three mighty gods? We have one mighty God. So the name Jesus, 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 all right? Jesus is the mighty God. His name shall be called the everlasting father. How long is Jesus the father? What well, says here, his name shall be called the everlasting father. That's what it says. Was Isaiah right? Was Isaiah confused? Was Isaiah mixed up? Did Isaiah write something incorrect as the word of God? No, Isaiah, again, was only the penman. He was taking, like, like they used to say, dictation. He was taking minutes. He was, he was the secretary. That's all he was doing, writing for the Almighty God. The Almighty God knows who he is. God knows who he is. You know your name. God knows his name. You know your titles in life. I know my titles. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm a cousin. You know, I'm a lot of these things <clears throat> that I could continue to name, but those are titles. They're not, those are not my names, of course. So he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. How long has Jesus been the father? He always has been the father. How long will Jesus be the father? He always will be the father because he's the everlasting father. He didn't just become the father at some point. He always was the father. He was the father on the day of creation. He was the father millions of years ago before there were before there was an earth, before there were planets, before there was anything. All right. Powerful stuff, huh? Jesus his name, his name, which is, again, not referenced here. It tells us his name shall be called. But again, it does not tell us his name in this verse because it was not revealed until Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The angel of the Lord came and told, was it Joseph? <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, I don't have the passage in front of me. Mary or Joseph or both. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means, come on now, most Christians, most apostolics I have found. Many, well, I shouldn't say most because I haven't talked to most. But the many that I have talked to don't even know what the name Jesus really means. The name Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. How did that happen? Because in 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. That's right. Jehovah God became man, John 1, 14, and the word, which was God, John 1 and 1, verse 14, and the word was made flesh. The word, God, was made flesh. All right, so he's the prince of peace. So if we're going to call him wonderful and we're going to call him counselor, surely we can call him the mighty God and the everlasting father. If you're going to skip those two and go back to the prince of, oh, yeah, he's the prince of peace. Well, you're completely unfair to the scripture if you don't include all of that, if you don't believe all of that, if you don't confess all of that, that Jesus is the mighty God and the everlasting father. How in the world? You're completely unfair to the passage. You're completely unfair to God by calling him wonderful and counselor and the prince of peace. But then you're telling me that he's not the mighty God and he's that he's not the everlasting father. You cannot pick and choose what the scripture says. 
Well, Isaiah was right about part of it, but he was wrong about part of it. No, he wasn't. He was right about all of it. And he said exactly, he wrote exactly what God told him to write. So these, uh, like the mighty God, all right? So the name Jesus, let me say it this way. The name Jesus identifies him as being wonderful. The name Jesus identifies him as being the counselor. The name Jesus identifies him as being the mighty God. The name Jesus identifies him as being the everlasting father. The name Jesus identifies him as being the prince of peace. Oh my, I could spend a while on that. But we need to cover some more in this podcast. (laughs) Some other really good stuff that Isaiah said. So we're going to go to Isaiah. I believe we need to go to chapter 43 right now. Thank you for being with me today. Oh, boy, I love this subject, don't you? Yeah, I I have a book book that I put together. It's called... um, God is one. It's a topical Bible. It's a great, great study tool that you can use. There are, there are more. It's it's not a book of study that you could study. It, it only has Bible verses. It's a topical Bible, but it has plenty of room to write in the paperback. I made plenty of room, space to write in between the verses, and it's your one-time book of study notes that you're ever going to make all in one place that you're always going to have instead of notebooks here and notebooks there and notebooks everywhere and notes here and there on different computers and different word documents no you can write it all in one place in this book this is why i put this together but there are more scriptures on the godhead in this book god is one you can find it on amazon kindle paperback more Godhead verses in this book than you'll find in any other book or uh, setting in any place. You will not find this many scriptures, hundreds and hundreds, all right? Anyway, but uh, you'll, you'll really appreciate that if you get a hold of it and use that as a great study tool like I do personally. All right, so Isaiah 43. We're going to go to... <clears throat> Verse 10, read down through 15, okay? Oh, some stuff here. Praise the Lord. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now let me say on the outset, the teaching of the Trinity, in the original teaching of the Trinity by the Roman Catholic Church, because this is where it's derived from, it didn't start with the Baptist Church or the Lutheran Church or any other church, it started with the Roman Catholic Church. They gave the original definition in the oldest writings, the Roman Catholic Church, that's right. And they teach that that God is three separate persons, separate one from the other. And they teach that God, they teach that the Father is God, that the Son is God, and that the Holy Spirit is God, making up three persons of the Trinity. Now, you can talk to a hundred different people that believe in the Trinity. You might get a hundred different answers. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 
what the original teaching is from the Roman Catholic Church. And so all these different, you know, teachings come from that. Now, the teaching of the oneness of God does not come from that. We don't, we don't, we did not get our teachings from the Roman Catholic Church, of course. We got our, we got our teachings from the Bible, (laughs) you know, like Isaiah. We're teaching what Isaiah said here. Praise the Lord. All right, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I'm he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. So again, you got to remember through this teaching that the most prominent teaching, uh, the most prominent teaching of God of a Christian-like faith in the world is the Trinity teaching. It's greater and larger and more people believe that than they do the oneness of God. You know, because it's the biggest doesn't mean it's right. You know, if, if it was, if big was right, elephants would rule the world and Miss America would weigh 500 pounds. Big is not always the best, all right? It doesn't mean anything. So size, if, if size was made it verified it as being right, then Islam would be is much bigger than Christianity, all right? So, <laughs> uh, so he says here, besides me, there was no God formed. Beside me, on the left, the right, there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. So we've got in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, three separate persons. Now, it, it's strange to me that they can count them as three separate persons, but then they'll turn around and say that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and they won't count them as three separate gods. Now, we say that, but if you tell uh, 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 a Trinitarian that, that is, you know, um, not going to change and not open for discussion, not open for learning, um, he will dispute that statement that we would say that, well, you count those up, and that's three gods because you have three separate persons. And if they're all individually God, then you have three separate gods. So the Lord God here is saying, besides me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now, I'm going to go on to verse 11, but look at the beginning of verse 10. He said, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. I want you to want to make a note here. You may or may not know this, but in the Old Testament, in most places, when it refers to the word Lord, L-O-R-D, if you'll notice, I'm reading from a King James Version. Other versions might be different. But the original writings, I believe, would verify this. But the word Lord has all capitals, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And when the Jews wrote like that, they were making reference to specifically their Jehovah, their one Jehovah God. All right, so it wasn't just any Lord. It was Jehovah God they were making reference to, all caps. All right, verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, all caps. Besides me, there is no Savior. Besides me, there is no Savior. All right, so there's no Savior on my left. There's no Savior on my right. There's no Savior sitting on the throne with me. (laughs) Reminds me of, what is it, Revelation, uh, pardon me, Chapter 4, verse 2. And uh, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and behold, I saw a throne set in heaven, 
and one sat upon the throne. <clears throat> so we have the Apostle John, which was Jewish, and he believed in uh, Isaiah 6-4 or, or Deuteronomy 6-4. Here is Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. He was a staunch one God Jew. And he said, I saw one sitting on the throne. All right. And verse 11 says, I am the Lord and beside me, left, right, front, back, beside me, nowhere else, there is no savior. So when we looked at Jesus hanging on the cross, if you could see him hanging on the cross, would you call him the savior? Do you personally call Jesus Christ the savior? Do you? Of course we do. We all say that Jesus, I don't care if you believe in a trinity, if you believe in your oneness, any if you if you are of a Christian faith, no doubt you believe that Jesus and you claim Jesus as your Savior. We have the Almighty God saying, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. We have Jehovah God of the Old Testament claiming to be the Savior. Did he change his mind later and say, well, I'm going to add one more Savior? I'm going to add Jesus as a Savior? I'm going to give you the second person to be a Savior? No, no. He gave himself, all right? He came and manifest himself in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16, God is the Spirit, John 4.24. <clears throat> all right, verse 12, I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you, therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Verse 13, yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver you out of my hand. And uh, I will work, and who will let it? Thus saith the Lord, 14, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldees, whose cries is in their ships. I am the Lord. Who is the Lord? Oh, no, let's stop right here in verse 15 for a second. <clears throat> Pardon me. The Trinity teaching, back to that again, from that original Trinity teaching created by the Roman Catholic Church. I'm not talking about the hundreds or the thousands of opinions and different versions of and different churches and everybody has their own little twist to it. I'm not talking about that. But if you go back to the original, all right, they teach also that, that God is three separate persons, that the Father is Lord, that the Son is Lord, and that the Holy Ghost is Lord. That's right. That's right. They teach the Father's Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Ghost. I told you a minute ago that they teach that that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Ghost is God. But they also teach that the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Ghost is Lord. Well, if they're three separate, separate one from the other. All right, they would not agree with this statement, but we see it that way. And I believe it's exactly that way because how can you be separate and the same at the same time? <clears throat> now, if you're looking at my wife and I, we, you see two people. You know, we might be one flesh in the sense of what the scripture says, okay, when we were married. But did you know God is not, re he does not refer to a husband and wife in the Godhead. He does not use the husband and wife as an example in the Godhead in that sense. He doesn't do that. So we shouldn't either because we're not one person. You know, we are two separate persons. All right. He said, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Wait a minute. King. 
is you mean God Almighty, Jehovah's the King, and they put that superscription over the cross of Jesus in three different languages, you know, to say King of the Jews. What kind of king was Jesus? Was he like a sub sub king, some minor king, uh, just a miniature king, part king, one third king? They say, well, I'm not, I'm not being silly. We have to make sense out of this. You can't have your cake and eat it too. All right. He said, I am the Lord. God Almighty is saying, I am the Lord. But Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Making Jesus the Almighty God, Jehovah God, manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, 16, and St. John 1, 14, verse 1 says again that the Word was God, verse 14, it says the Word was made flesh. The word made means to become something that one was never before. All right, God never became a man in this sense before as he did in Matthew chapter 1 when the virgin Mary gave birth to him. Praise God. All right, let's take a break. I'll be right back with a lot more. I want to tell you about a book I put together a while back. It's called God is One. It's a topical Bible on scriptures that are referencing the Godhead. In this God is One book has hundreds of scriptures on the subject of the Godhead, the oneness of God. Matter of fact, you're not going to find any book or any writing anywhere that has more scriptures on the Godhead than this book right here. Now, it's a, it's a study tool is what it is. It's, it's not my opinion. I didn't write anything in this book. This is Bible verses, but what I did, I separated the verses from Genesis to Revelation. I separated the verses with space where you can use it to make notes. This is a study tool. When you study on the Godhead, and let's say you're looking at 1 Timothy 3.16, you know, God was manifest in the flesh, you know, that verse. Well, then you might have other passages or you might have your own personal notes or feelings or thoughts. You could write them in the paperback. I have, a, there's a Kindle version as well, but you could write them in that, okay? Just just a, a great tool, uh, Godhead tool for your Godhead library studies, okay, that you can use and have your notes in one place always instead of, a notepad here, a notepad there, a word, word document here and there. You can have it all in one place. Uh, Grant F. Uh, made a comment on Amazon about it. He said, great oneness reference tool. This is so wonderfully put together, easy to use and reference. All of the scripture text on the oneness of our God. I love it out. It is space to make notes. This is a great tool, not just for the oneness believer, but if you are a person that is interested in knowing, and he goes on, you know, uh, there's another testimony from Christy R. She says, good reference book for Godhead scriptures. This is a great book to have as a reference for all the Godhead scriptures in one easy to uh, to locate place according to the books of the Bible. And it is. Well, take a look at it on Amazon paperback and uh, Kindle. Blessings to you. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for Hanging tight with me here. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 44, 44, 
just finished uh, chapter 43 on what we were going to say there. And verse 6, we're going to jump down verse 6, 8, and then uh, uh, then 24. Uh, so those three verses will be touching on. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Beside me there is no God. Beside me, on my left, on my right, nowhere in the universe can you find a God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Now, let me let me say something here. A misteaching that is used with that original Trinitarian view. They call God, they say he's three persons in one, separate from the other, three separate persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Now, careful here, if you haven't heard this before, be careful to note this, very important. The terminology, God the Father, those three words, God the Father, that terminology is in your Bible. God the Father, that terminology is in your Bible. But did you know the terminology God the Son, those three words, God the Son, those three words in that way is not found in your Bible because it's not a Bible teaching. If it was, God would have said it just like that, God the Son. Sure, the Son of God, but that's two different things, okay? Two different things entirely. So the, the, the term God the Son is not in your Bible. What about God the Holy Ghost or God the Holy Spirit? Okay, that is not in the Bible either. That terminology or those terminologies are not in the Bible. We need to speak where the Bible speaks. When you're talking about God, and I don't want you to misreference me. I don't want you to mix me up with somebody else. I don't want you to call me, you know, John Jones or Billy Smith or Bobby Williams, you know, <laughs> I'm Charles Rodas. Call me who I am. You know, you could say what you want about me, but tell it right. Tell it right. Don't misrepresent who I am. And we need to honor that with God as well. Speak the truth about God. All right. So I just want to make note of that for you. <clears throat> all right. So let's just read that again. Thus saith the Lord, King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Beside me, there is no God. Now, if you remember the passage, if you know it, you can make note of it. In Revelation chapter 1, you need to read chapter 1, verses 4, 8, and 11. Yeah, chapter 1, verses 4, 8, and 11. It makes reference to Jesus as the first and the last. That's right. That Jesus is the first. How many firsts can you have? How many lasts can you have? I mean, if there's a race with 100 runners, <clears throat> pardon me, how many can be in first place? Technically, only one. How many will be in last place? Technically, only one. If Jesus is first, all right, well, I guess we could say he's the father. <laughs> if he's the last, I guess we could say he's the Holy Spirit. That's right. And we can prove those things very well. And I've, I've got other podcasts already we've done previous to this uh, some time ago. Uh, one of them, I believe, was titled is something about Jesus is the father. All right. If you haven't heard it, you can go back and check that out and uh, take notes of that. But he said, God Almighty, Jehovah God of the Old Testament, before Jesus was born, before Je before there was a physical Jesus, God said, I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. 
no God the Son, no God the Holy Ghost, just God the Father. Beside me there is no God. There's one creator. Verse 8, fear ye not, neither be afraid, neither have have not I told thee from that time and, and have declared it. You are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. <clears throat> the Almighty God is asking a question. Jehovah God. He's asking the question here. The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, he said, is there a God beside me? Yeah, there is no God. I know not any. I don't know a God the Son or God the Holy Ghost. I don't know separate persons. Did you know that terminology, separate persons? Isn't that That's not in the Bible. God is never referred to in the Bible as persons, plural. Not once. Out of 66 books, almost 900,000 words, God is not ever reference to being as persons, plural. Hmm. The word Trinity, we know is not in the Bible. I mean, if, if you know, I, I believe I'm honest, I am honest hearted enough. That's why I'm teaching this today. But if I didn't know this and, and someone said that to me, I know, I know that it would cause me to think. It would cause me to want to examine and search out why. Why is that? I believe the honest hearted have and the honest hearted will. All right. So verse 34, thus saith the Lord, thy redeemer and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things. What? That stretcheth forth the heavens alone that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Oh, one of my favorite verses on the subject of the Godhead. <laughs> I love this. I am the Lord that maketh all things. I'm the creator of Genesis 1 and 1. All right, this is what capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. I thought Jesus was the Redeemer. How many Redeemers do we have? Jesus is Jehovah of the Old Testament. He's God manifest in the flesh. I told you that. 1 Timothy 3.16. He's the Word that was made flesh. St. John 1 and 1 and verse 14. The Word was made flesh. That Word was God. It was God manifest in the flesh. All right? I'm repeating myself because repetition is a good teacher. All right. I am the Lord that maketh all things that stretcheth forth the heavens with with the second person and the third person sitting by my side. No. That spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. No, I've got the no, the Son of God is here with me and the Holy Spirit. The second and the third persons of the Trinity are here with me. Yeah, that's right, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are here with me. No. See, but their easy answer that does not make sense, and I'm not saying this in criticism. I'm not. I'm teaching. We have to make sense out of it. Because God, Romans chapter 1, I think is around verse 20 or somewhere in there, that he says that it is to be easily understood, even his eternal power, and Godhead. It is easy to understand, but you need revelation. If you don't see it, you need revelation. Something is is blocking your mind. And Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. All right. He stretcheth forth the heavens alone. How can you be alone and with somebody at the same time? You can't. 
How can he he's that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself? How could God say he was by himself, but with two other persons at the same time? Now it, it's it's strange, another strange teaching I'll just throw in here. They say, well, when he comes back, when we get to heaven, we're going to see the Father and the Son. We're going to see the first person and the second person. They don't they don't say much about seeing the third person. They don't they don't include the Holy Spirit in there. I, I was talking to a gentleman. He got so upset with me many years ago. And boy, I don't even know. I was at a Christian bookstore and he worked there and he was behind the counter and I was buying a book and he was, you know, checking the book out so I could buy it, you know, and ringing, me, ringing it up for me. And I don't know, something came up. Uh, about God. I, I don't remember how it did. But he became so upset with me because I did not believe that God was three persons. And and um, so I, I asked him right there. I said, well, do you believe the Father? Is he, is he a spirit? Or is he flesh? He said, spirit. I said, do you believe that the Son of God, is he spirit or flesh? He said, flesh. I said, do you believe the Holy Spirit? Is flesh or spirit? He said spirit. I said, so then what you're teaching is that God is two spirits and and one flesh as separate persons. God is two spirits. Well, he didn't like that. Well, I wouldn't like it either. Because but that's what they teach. That the Holy Spirit is a God, is God, and and the Father is God. Well, God is a spirit, John 4, 24. And the Holy Spirit, they're not separate spirits. They are one in the same spirits. You could call me Charles. You can call me Mr. Rodas. You can call me Chuck. <clears throat> you know, you, you can call me preacher. You can call me lots of things. Okay, but I'm the same one person. I have different manifestations. I am a father. I am a son. I am a husband. Yeah, I'm all of that and more. I have different titles and different roles. I hold different offices, but I'm one person. And that's how you can describe God because man was created in the image of God. God said that when he referenced uh, Adam in the garden, that God made man in his own image, in his own image created he, him. He didn't create them. He didn't create Adam as three people or three persons. All right. He created him as one man. So again, you've got God here, the Lord, Jehovah. He makes all things, stretches forth the heavens alone and spreads abroad the earth by myself, he said. All right, let's go to Isaiah. I think we're done there. Let's see, let's see. Uh, Isaiah 43. Okay, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go on to chapter 44. Share a few verses, several verses here. Oh my, it's taking longer than I thought. Well, I guess if you're enjoying it, I hope you are. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to this podcast later and uh, make a comment. Now, if there's some scriptures you feel, I, I, I just, you know, this, this would really be neat. And I know many of you uh, would probably appreciate what I'm teaching. But if there's any scripture that you feel that would go good with this, why don't you copy and paste that from your Bible app or whatever? into the remarks, into the podcast, and so that I and others can use that as a study reference as well. Of course, we have the whole Bible. It's not just the book of Isaiah, and today is just one lesson. But again, you may you may like to do that, and that would be awesome. All right, Isaiah 45, verses uh, starting 5 through 7. Then we're going to read some more further 
down as well. I am the Lord and there's none else. <clears throat> there is no God beside me. <laughs> there's none else, he said. How much plainer can we get? There's none on my left, none on my right. There's no, there's no other God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, how can they say, well, they're three separate, but they're, but, but at the same time, they're one. Oh, okay. Three separate persons, but they're one. And then you go back to that original teaching of the Trinity, and they admit the Catholics do. The Catholic uh, definition of it is that uh, no man can actually understand the Trinity. No man can actually understand, though they describe it and they explain it, but nobody nobody can understand. The reason nobody can really understand it is because they're trying to, they're contradicting their own teachings when you say that God is three persons, but he's one, okay? He's not three persons. Sure, there's manifestations, plural, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and other manifestations of God, but God is one. God does not have to be plural. He doesn't have to be two or three or more. All right. And verse six here, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, and there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light, create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Go to verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, <clears throat> God himself, again, Go back to St. John chapter 1, verse 10, verse 10, in reference to verse 1, where it says the word was God, then verse 10 says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him. That's right. The word of verse 1, okay, says in verse 10 that the world was made by him. He that was in the world made the world. God is the creator, which is Jesus Christ of St. John 1 and 10. How can you get away from it? It's so easy to see, but you have to have an open heart. If you fight it, you're not going to see it. But if you study it and study it, don't study a doctrine, study the word, put the scripture together, okay? So let me go over 18 again. For thus saith the Lord, that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he that established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be habited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. None else. Now, how many lords do we have? Now, is it Ephesians 4 and 5, I think? Chapter 4, verse 5, maybe? I am, uh, he said, there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One Lord, how many Lords? Not two Lords, not three Lords, not three separate Lords, not Father's the Lord, Son is the Lord, Holy Spirit is Lord as separate persons making three Lords. No, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. All right, verse 21. Tell ye and bring them near and let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me. What? Take notice. There's no God with me. John 4 and 2, I saw one sitting on the throne. A just God and a Savior, there is none else. A Savior. Are there three Saviors? Are there two Saviors? Or is there one Savior? You can't have three gods, three lords, and three Saviors. 
Now, let me say this to you. This is true. Before Jesus came, back in the Old Testament, and even today with certain religions, it is common for them to teach multiple God worship. All right? The pagans of old, even today, um, the Hindus, they believe in, I, I understand, millions of gods. You know, they believe in millions of gods. And, and, and look at the Roman Catholic Church today. They're praying to all these saints. They are in some form a God that can answer prayer. Oh, they wouldn't, wouldn't say it that way, probably. But if you can answer prayer, you're a God. And, and, and Mary, as the mother of God, God didn't have a, a mother. That sacrifice had a mother. That God manifest in the flesh, that human sacrifice that was born, that's right, had a mother, Jesus. But see, Jesus was more than a man. He was God manifest in the flesh, First Timothy 3 verse 16 god said there's none beside me verse 22 look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth for i am god and there is none else how many times does god have to say it should be once should be enough for i am god and there's none else why because jesus is god manifest in the flesh we just need jesus because he is god all right jesus said in john was it chapter 8 he said if you believe not that i am he you should die in your sins if you read um, further up in the in that chapter, chapter eight, okay, the Jews were seeking to know who he claimed to be. You know, the Jews always sought the Father. They always sought the Father, and they asked him, "Who are you?" And Jesus said, "If you believe not that I I am He, you shall die in your sins." All right, and they did. <clears throat> they died in their sins. Verse twenty three: I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness. And shall not return for unto me every niche shall bow and every tongue shall swear wow where's is that passage in philippians i didn't look it up today because i just like again didn't want to turn to any passages making some reference references but i believe it might be in philippians he said every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that jesus is lord now in the new testament you're not going to find all those all caps in the word lord because they didn't do that there for some reason <clears throat> but there is only one Lord, Ephesians 4, 5. The apostle Paul said that in Ephesians. Paul was an Old Testament Jew. No doubt he knew the book of Isaiah very well. There was no New Testament at that time. All right? Powerful, powerful passage. Oh my, let's see, where are we at? Yeah, yeah, verse 23. That unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall con shall swear. This verse, or the verse in Philippians, I believe it is, is referencing verse 23. If you will look it up, don't take my word for it. It is. You may know that already. So, but you can't say that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord, then turn around and confess that Jehovah is Lord. No, they're going to confess that Jesus is Lord because Jesus is Jehovah God, manifest in the flesh. All right. Well, praise the Lord. I hope that's uh, making some sense to you. Got a little bit more to cover. 
We're going to go to um, chapter 48, and we're going to stop with 48. So we're, we're, we're almost done here. We're almost done. All right. We're going to take a look at here, verse chapter 48, just one, one, one passage, one verse here, talking about the oneness of God according to Isaiah. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called... I am he, I am the first, I also am the last. Wow, I am the first, I also am the last. Well, reference again, Revelation 1 and 8, calls him the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Calls him the Almighty Jesus. All right, doesn't that all agree with this verse? I am the first. Alpha is, is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter, all right? The beginning is the is at the first. The ending is the last. And then verse 11 again says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And in verse 8 calls him the Almighty. The Almighty. How many Almighties do we have? We have one Almighty God. We already read it in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Praise God. Powerful passages here. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Share this on your favorite social media. Again, if you have not subscribed, if you subscribe, what's going to happen is you'll get a little ding on your phone. And uh, when we we, we throw up the next podcast, and uh, typically we do one a week, sometimes two, sometimes we'll skip a week. But that's uh, right now, that's how we're doing it typically every week. And you'll get that ding on the phone. And usually those podcasts come out on a Monday morning. That's how most of them come out and they're available. So it'd be great for you to know about that and share that again. And listen, let's help somebody believe the word of God. I thank you for listening to Everything Apostolic. This is Brother Rodas. Until the next podcast, be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.